In today's show, we're looking ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're looking ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. There are nine games on. Let's see what we're watching for and then get to some stream options at the end of the show. First game up, the Celtics and the Magic. Jalen Brown is out for Boston, so can Jason Tatum keep up his run? He's averaging 41 points per game over the last three. He's going to have a big opportunity again with increased usage with the absence of Jalen Brown in this game for him to do some some pretty impressive things. Let's hope that he can do some pretty impressive things. So I want to watch what Tatum can do. Can he keep up that little run? He's also seen an increase in his assist numbers as well. So let's see how that goes. And I also want to watch Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, Kemba Walker is back, but with Jalen Brown out, Neesmith has played 31, 27, and 20 minutes in the last three games. Now, I'm not sure what his exact role is going to be in these these games, but it looks to me like he is ahead of Romeo Langford, and he is getting some significant rotation minutes. So let's see what Neesmith can do. He's not much of a fantasy option, but I want to to see if this can be real, this recent uh, surge in production. For the Magic, RJ Hampton was excellent in the last game. Will they trust him? With those minutes again, will they do that weird thing where they you know, bench Cole Anthony and play Gary Harris 10 minutes despite starting to give Hampton more minutes? I don't know. I'd love for them to just say, Cole, RJ, you're our starters. Play 30 a night and let's see where it goes. But there's no guarantee that they do that. Hampton obviously was impressive in the last game and he's played 30 minutes in two straight games. In fact, he hasn't gone under 20 minutes for the last nine games. Um, so let's see what he does. And then with Chumarakiki out again, you're going to get Flaming Mo Wagner starting. And Wagner played 41 minutes last game, 34 the game before that, 28 the game before that. He's going to play a role in this one. You're going to have uh, Iggy Brzdakas backing him up. So what a combination of power forward that is. But Wagner is going to have an opportunity, and he could be a stream option just with the minutes they're going to pump into him. The Blazers and the Cavs. Storm and Norman Powell, I think has been, I don't know what the right way to to phrase it is. I I think he's just been underwhelming. Like he's been fine in Portland, but underwhelming. Um, And he is dealing apparently with some sort of knee problem, which I think is limiting him. He's questionable again for this game. Um, And it's called a right knee tendinopathy, which is significantly worse than a tendonitis. So let's hope there's nothing actually serious going on here with Powell. But let's see what he can do in this one. And then Damian Lillard. Lillard is probable with a foot contusion, but he is back at the moment. His last two weeks, we're seeing the Lillard back in action. The shots are going in, the scoring's up, the usage is up, the volume's up. He looks more like himself than he did for the three or four weeks before that. For the Cavs, it is a back-to-back for those guys. I don't expect Darius Garland to play. So Chetty Osman probably gets another start. And Osman, while he's starting, is absolutely worth a 12-team league look and a stream option. 
We also have to watch Isaac Okoro, who put up an absolutely monster game on Tuesday. Now, I do not believe that Okoro can be that guy. I think he was 9 of 9 from the line in that one and shot, you know, 70% from the field. Um, he's had a few games where he flashes assists, a few games where he flashes steals, some games where he flashes scoring. Hasn't been able to put it together consistently and still well outside the top 200 from the season, but we want to watch what Okoro can do. And then also Colin Sexton, who put up a pretty solid line without Garland playing at point guard. The assists were well up, and let's see if he's able to replicate that in this one. The next game we look at is the Kings and the Pacers. D-line right should be the starting point guard yet again. I don't imagine Tyrese Halliburton's playing, although at the time of me recording the Kings, even though they know the results apparently aren't telling us Tyrese Halliburton's MRI results. So let's see what D-line is able to do in this one. Again, they did play on... Um, they did play on Tuesday with Delon starting as the point guard, and he played a pretty significant role, and his value was way up. So he is a must-roster player, as is Marvin Bagley. I don't expect Harrison Barnes to be available for this game on Wednesday, so Bagley is going to get another opportunity to put up some decent stats. For the Pacers, O'Shea Brissett, we finally saw the um, we finally saw the minutes drop last game, and the shooting was way off, and the blocks were dis uh, disappeared. We still don't know whether Goga's going to play or Jeremy Lamb's going to play. These guys are still listed, and Brogdon's still listed as questionable. So if they're back, what does that mean for Brissett? And yeah, does he become a droppable player? Not yet, but let's see. Well, Aaron Holiday, let's see what his role is if Brogdon is in fact out. Holiday, I think, has had a pretty bad season. But over the last week or two, I think he's been a lot more impressive. And he's pushing for a more, um, a more permanent role, which could appear if Sumner or Brogdon are out. Let's go on to the Wizards and the Bucks. Alex Len, and that's just a placeholder for kids. Cover your ears. It's going to be a placeholder for whatever the fuck Scott Brooks decides to do at center because there's no logic to it. But they won the game. I know that. Doesn't mean there's any logic to it. So is Alex Len going to play five minutes? He's going to play 12? Is he going to play 25? I don't know. What's Daniel Gafford going to do? I think, again, if we're lining up those three centers, Gafford's the guy to, to roster. But it could be a big Alex Len game. We literally have no idea because your mate Scott Brooks has no idea. Uh, Rui Hachimura was really impressive in the last game for the Wizards. He hadn't been prior to that. I think he's a streamer rather than a must-roster. Well, for the Bucks, this is a back-to-back -back for them. Is there a chance that they rest some of these guys? I think that's always going to be a risk with any back-to-back -back that Milwaukee has, especially in this game that they, they have uh, had on Tuesday against the Nets, a close fought game. So what does that mean for you know, any of these guys like Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo? I want to watch DiVincenzo in here because he's fallen way off. Now, maybe he can have uh, solid games and he can be a steel streamer. And in fact, his performance against the Nets was, was pretty good. He, you know, a ton of rebounds. But prior to that, he was doing nothing. So I want to see what these guys are able to do and whether they actually play as well. Let's look at the Grizzlies and the Wolves. Jaron Jackson is out with injury management. So does that mean that Brandon Clark comes back into the rotation? Probably. Is he going to be worth picking up? Almost definitely not, but I'd like to see what he does. And then Ja Morant, who was pretty poor in the last game and had that nice little surge, but has fallen off the last couple. Let's see if he can turn that back around. While for Minnesota, I want to watch the guards. 30-plus minutes for Ravishing Rick Rubio in each of the last two games after falling down to low 20s or under 20 in games prior to that. What his minutes look like are really going to be determining what we do with him in terms of uh, moving forward and rostering. And then D'Angelo Russell, who the last couple, he's dropped off a little bit with Rubio stepping back up. So how does the Rubio and Russell pairing look, and can they both have big games at the same time? The Suns and the Hawks is the back-to-back -back for Phoenix. They uh, went to overtime against the Cavs somehow. Um, Devin Booker. I thought was yeah it was pretty good in that game especially early on you know, put up some game big numbers when a lot of guys were struggling 
Let's see what he's able to do. You worry that he did play the 40 minutes on Tuesday. And then Cam Johnson, whose shooting is way off. And if he can't shoot, then I don't know what else he does. Like he was, what, one of six from three in that game? He did play 30 minutes, but had seven points. And he is getting an extended role because Jay Crowder's out. Not that he's really doing much with that. For the Hawks, we're looking at John Collins, who got into extreme foul trouble last game. Can he ever pass 30 minutes? What's his role look like? He's been obviously really disappointing. And then Kevin Herter was on the bench, so Tony Snell could start. And Herter barely got over 20 minutes a night. So, well, he did get over 20. He's like 22. So if Herter's going to play that role again, which I do fully expect, then he is a droppable player. But let's see what his role looks like. Next up, we look at the Sixers and the Rockets. Big games, two in a row from Seth Curry. That makes him at least a points and threes streamer. He seems to have those minutes over Shake Milton, who's well below 20. George Hill, whose minutes have dropped as well. But that's no guarantee that that's going to continue as we move forward. While the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Harris obviously didn't like being called the moderately girthy hogsman because he really turned it up against the Bulls, but it was against the Bulls. And now he gets an opportunity against the Rockets to keep things cracking at an, uh, an elevated level. Well, for the Rockets, we always want to watch Kelly Linick because he's putting up unbelievably good numbers. Is there going to be any drop-off? The minutes are going to be there for sure, but can that some of that shooting and steal rate fall off? Possibly. And what's in store for Kenyon Martin Jr.? Martin has been playing pretty well. Occasionally, he'll block some shots. Occasionally, he has big rebound games. Occasionally, he has scoring games. There's no real consistency, and it is hard to judge how the minutes are all going to play out, but I am very intrigued to see what Martin's role is. For the Knicks and the Nuggets, RJ Barrett. Um, the minutes obviously are sky high. What can Barrett produce for us? He's in the middle of a little bit of a hot streak at the moment with his steals up and his assist and rebounds a little bit higher than usual. Let's hope the shooting continues. Well, Alec Burks returned in the last game, but his minutes, again, they're not really consistent. We're not looking at him as anything more than a deeper league player at this point, but I think there is a risk that maybe he cuts into Derek Rose and to Reggie Bullock and their, their current upside value. For the Nuggets, no PJ Dozier for them. No Monty Morris, no Jamal Murray, no Will Barton. So does Austin Rivers start? Would that put him into 12-team discussions? Probably not. But deeper leagues will want to pay attention. Also want to look at Shaq Harrison and Faku Kompatsu. Now, Kompatsu is a must-roster 12-team league player with his assists, steals, and threes combination. Um, and yeah, he shouldn't be on any waiver wire, really. The Spurs and the Jazz, the last game of the day. Rudy Gay really, really turned it up in the last game with big defensive numbers, good rebound stuff. He's been playing well. Prior to that, he was a little bit off. Um, how they use him is still up in the air in this one. I wouldn't be putting too many hopes on uh, on Rudy. And then also Gorgie Jeng. They ran a three-center rotation last time. Now, was that because Pirtle got into some early foul trouble? Or were they continue to run Jeng, uh, Eubanks, and Pirtle and limiting the upside of Jakob there? August Gorgie just going to get all the backup minutes. That's that's one to watch. While for the Jazz, Boyan Bogdanovich is really on a hot streak at the moment. The shots are going in at an elevated rate. His usage is way up. And he's playing like the guy that we've known he could be. Unfortunately, the first three months of this season, he didn't do that. And then also, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, Gobert is just... Look, Playing really well at the moment, blocking shots, rebounds, high field goals. He's uh, he's turning it on at the absolute right time of the season. Let's look at some stream options now. Mo Wagner, Grayson Allen, RJ Hampton, KJ Martin, and Jaden McDaniels of Minnesota. And for points leagues, we're looking at Mo Bumba, Mo Wagner, RJ Hampton. So three Orlando guys there, Faku Kompazzo, and Royce O'Neal. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit the thumbs up, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.
See ya.